Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. It's Thanksgiving week. Thought I'd do something different this week and talk about so much interest I get all the time for people wanting to get into sports and hear my background and sort of wonder about uh, getting into it themselves, how to do it, what to do it. Some advice on how to how to really find your way into the sports world and and be somewhat like I've been, kind of being able to marry my passions with my avocation, my vocation. Bringing that all together, we'll talk about that in the business of sports this week. That's kind of a nice um, holiday of edition with a lot of young people home for the holidays. They can listen to this as they enjoy their family this week and talk about getting into the sports field. We're presented, as always, as you know, by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. They're the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. Use that promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus today, betonline.ag. And again, what I want to talk about is the question I get through email, through Twitter, through LinkedIn, everywhere people find me. (laughs) I don't know how they do, but they find me. Uh, And I don't make it easy for people to find me, so I do give credit where people do. Which is, you know, it usually comes to, I'm a student at so-and-so, I'd like a minute of your time, or I'm a student here, or I'm in business here, I'd love to sit down with you, I'd love to shadow you, I'd love to have coffee with you, I'd love to talk on the phone with you, I'd love to visit for lunch, dinner. And I think like a lot of people, I sort of put myself in the category is, you know, not to be harsh, but no, you know, no, we're not going to sit down, we're not going to chat. We're not going to do all that because you just can't, you don't have the bandwidth for everyone who wants to sit down and talk or shadow you or pick your brain. And I, I, again, this sounds kind of harsh, but I just, I'm sick of the pick your brain questions. And you almost feel like you want to pick my brain for free. I mean, there's value there. There's value to my time. There's value to my insights. So I think that's one thing that people have to understand with busy people, whether it's in sports or business or people they look up to or people they love to to be mentees to or people they love to just get some insight to. Well, that's great, but it's got to be respectful. It's got to be in the right time. And here's another tip for people trying to get into talk or trying to make an impression, and I'll talk a lot more about that in the coming minutes. If you see someone at an event, especially a conference where they're speaking or they just were on a panel and they come off stage and you're at a networking event, do not monopolize their time. In other words, someone comes off stage, a lot of people want to say hi, maybe shake their hand, maybe just introduce themselves. Great. Always like that. Always impressed. And especially when they know something you just wrote or talked about, or they can, you can tell you, I'm a Twitter follow. I love the way you do that. Or people come up to me, I love your Twitter, or uh, there will be lawyers, or greater talent equals greater tolerance. Give me some of my Twitterisms, or they talk about an article. I'm great, but do not monopolize. The worst thing someone can do is when, they're, when they've been coming off stage you know what happens when you come off stage for a person. They want to see what they missed on their email. People are trying to reach them. They have to get somewhere. They're, they're late for something. They got a ride. They got to move. And people want to come up and stop them in their tracks. And that's fine for what I just said. That's fine 
for just want to say hi or maybe something about them or something that resonates or drop them a give them a card give them your card say I don't want to monopolize your time I just want to say hi here's my card and when that person like me is fishing out their pockets at the end of the day or the night they'll notice and they may think oh yeah that kid gave me his card nice kid I'm glad he didn't take up too much time because again here's what I'm getting to the worst thing is you start talking about this about that the person's head is swimming he's got things he or she's got things to do he or she's trying to get to other people he or she's trying to get to someone they want to see before they leave the conference and someone's monopolizing their time with the story of this or story of that don't that's a surefire way for someone to never respond to you again so if you're at a networking event or a conference or an academic symposium and you want to say hi to someone coming off stage or before stage, be respectful for time because time is the most valuable asset, the most valuable resource, and people are not in a position to spend time at that moment. In fact, they want to go spend time with other people. So that's a problem. Best thing you can do at a conference, at a networking event, is say something quick, leave a card, say something that may resonate with the person, not just I like, you know, like to spend time with you when you have a chance. No, it's not going to work. Get in their head somehow with a quick card, a quick comment, and move on. Move on. Be respectful of time. That's always important to do in that event. Okay, so how do you get someone to notice you trying to get in the sports world. Again, my story, uh, coming back from Stanford, Georgetown Law, got involved and made a connection at a, or, some, or just made an inquiry at a sports firm down the road from Georgetown Law in D.C., where I'm from, called ProServe. And my hook there was, hey, you know, I grew up a tennis player in D.C. You guys represent tennis players. That's not an easy connection, of course. But once I got in the door to make that hook, it was like, okay, you know, this kid's for free. He's a tennis player. We know him. He's from D.C. Okay. And then it was up to me to sort of buck, burst the door down as an unpaid intern, spent more time in law school, an unpaid intern there than anywhere else in law school. So I think what you have to do is find your hook. And what's your hook into somewhere? It's obviously, you know, knowing someone knowing someone at the firm, knowing something about someone at the firm, being someone that has a way in rather than cold call. Now, that's the easy part. The hard part is making an impression. And I think when you talk about sports or any business, but especially sports because it's so competitive, you have to be prepared to say something that, and I'm going to use these two words a lot in the next few minutes, separates yourself. You have to separate yourself. You have to make that person understand clearly, clearly, why you are different than the other people. That's what it's all about. It really doesn't come down to anything but that. Why you? Why you? And that's the question everyone has to answer. And, you know, I'm helping my son not as much as he'll let me, but I'm helping him with his college applications. And he's a senior now applying to colleges. It's an important time for him. But these essays that come from the colleges are basically asking that question. 
Why us? You know, so they don't just see you as someone sending around applications. Why my school? That's basically what they're asking you to write about. Why us? And if you're, you know, you take that same mentality into the job market. And again, I'm talking sports, but it could be anything where really the question is, why? Why should I hire you? Why? And then for you to say, why this company? Okay. Say you want to be an agent. And so many young people do. It's sort of this kick after the Jerry Maguire movie. It continues. They think it's sexy. It's cool to hang around athletes. And it is. But at the end of the day, as I tell people, it's a hard job. You're trying to impress. You're trying to make uh, uh, do hard work for your clients who happen to be athletes. And there's a lot that goes into that. And, of course, I've talked about when you represent a player, you're taking on the whole herd. You're taking on mother, father, friends, sisters, boyfriends, uh, girlfriends, wives, etc. And that's a lot of work for one client. You know, you look at what Antonio Brown went through. That's one client this year. can imagine you need a full-time person just for that. And you don't make much money. The margins are always being squeezed in sports agentry. So I digress. Why should someone hire you as an agent? Okay, so the first thing they'll look for is who are your contacts? Can you get them in the door with big-time players? And maybe you do know a player, but you better deliver that player if you're going to be hired as an agent. Uh, maybe your college roommates with the number one pick. That'll get you a job, you know, because then you're an easy entree to revenue and to a big name. Other than that, how do you separate yourself? Now, moving away from strictly the agent side, I'm always looking for someone that has invested in what's next. So they want to be an agent. Okay, they have to show me or anyone what makes them different. What have they done? What have they done in the sports and entertainment field? If they're too young and nothing there, okay, what have they done thinking about being an agent? Have they blogged? Have they podcasted? Have they written something up showing a different way or a better way or a special way or an effective way to represent players? Have they gotten into the best way to handle players' money, affairs, and more importantly, contract negotiations? Have they done more than say, well, if you're a first-round pick, you're going to make this. Have they looked into ways where they could differentiate themselves as a certain player's agent compared to other ones? Have they shown an ability to separate themselves? And most importantly, do they have a special skill? Okay, look at sports. What we looked for at the Packers, what every sports team looks for in players is, do they at least have a special skill? Now, it may not be a skill that makes a ton of money like sacking quarterbacks, like a 100-mile fastball, but do they have a special skill where you can say, okay, he's a stud in that area, whether it's speed, whether it's lifting, whether it's some way of running routes, some, some way of evading tacklers, a burst, a movement in space, an ability to get off blocks, a three-point ability, a shooting ability. Okay, so these are all what separates you. Okay, figure it out. 
I know young people are saying, well, I'm young. I haven't done. Well, figure it out. What separates you? What gives you an advantage to the hundreds, if not thousands of people trying to get into sports? If you're applying to a team, whether it's, say you're applying to a team in salary cap. Okay. What do you know about salary cap? What have you done with it? What have you written about it? What have you blogged about it? What have you podcast about it? What research have you done on caps that could help a team? What can you bring in an understanding of salary caps that other people don't have? What can you show the salary cap people at this team that they can look at and say, hmm, that's an interesting way of looking at it. It may not fit with the NFL rules, but that's helpful. There. There's a way to get in. Show something different. Show something unique about yourself. And listen, when I look at resumes, I want to see passion and interviews. Passion. Now, it doesn't have to be about sports. You look at someone and maybe they one of their things lower down on the resume is they work summers, and this is an example, I, a, a specific person, and they swam at a YMCA with developmentally disabled children. And I'm like, tell me about that. Okay, so don't tell me about your school and how many grades you got and how did you did this paper and you interned at this law firm or whatever. No, no. Tell me about that. And then you hear about it. And then you see the passion in her eyes about what she did with these kids and how she made a difference and how those smiles on those kids brightened her day, made her day, made her week, made her month, made her summer. I'm like, okay, this is one. This is someone I can hire. This is someone that can be passionate. We can teach the things that we need to teach, but do they have passion? Can they talk with real interest and vitality and a spark about something? And it doesn't have to be sports. And in Green Bay, my assistant that worked with me on salary cap and contracts, she's a gem and she's still there. And she came in really not knowing much about football at all. Obviously, if you live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, you know about football. <laughs> but you know the players and you know the importance of the team and all that. But you don't know all the intricacies of football. And you know what? Didn't matter one iota. Because what she knew, her special skill still is at the Packers, is doing something that they need that I needed that I needed because she came in from Schneider trucking and she was a data analyst. And basically that's what it is a data analyst because the NFL sends over all this mega data every night about everything that happened in the league, tiny little transactions all the way up to major trades every night. And there's cap and contract and cash ramifications for teams that make transactions every night. Now, I don't want to see it in that mega data file the NFL sends, but I want to see it in a style that her and I decided that's the way I want to look at it. And every morning she collated, organized, compressed, and digested it into that data. So valuable. So valuable. I knew that every morning I would see it in the way I wanted to see it. 
And we she worked in a cap room. We talk about war rooms. She had a cap room that we used. Showed every team in the league, every player in the league, who their agent was, what their contract was, when they're a free agent, what's their uh, cap number, what's their signing bonus, how many years left on their contract, what's their guarantee level. Every player in the league. And, of course, one side was all our team as we ferreted out who was going to be with us in the future and looked at how much money in each position, looked at offense-defense spending, looked at older versus younger, looked at what we're going to do down the road, all of that. But she organized it. She's so valuable, and she still is. That's what you look for. So how do you make a difference? You stand out. I also talk about this kid, Alex. Alex was in my class. Uh, You know, I teach sports law every semester. I taught this kid, Alex, probably four or five years ago. Okay, and he just stands out because in the first day of class, every every semester, first day of class, what do I do? I go, I give my background. We talk about the basics of the class, and then we go around the room, and I want to hear every person where they went to college, what they do, what's their interest in sports, why they're taking the class, and basically, it's kind of a one minute who they are. You know, tell me about yourself. One two minutes. Tell me about yourself. So we go around the room and usually everyone's like, you know, I played high school so-and-so, couldn't play in college, really into sports, heard about your class, follow you on Twitter, whatever it is, listen to your podcast, and then uh, that's about it. Then I see this kid, Alex. He's wearing a Drew Brees jersey and he starts going on about growing up in New Orleans and following the Saints. And then then he just... It's, it's a much different approach than every other kid. And then he says, and in 2006, we signed Drew. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then we got Reggie, Reggie Bush. And I'm like, okay. And we got Sean, Sean Payton, which obviously I knew because we tried to, we were down to McCarthy and Sean Payton and we signed McCarthy and they signed Sean Payton uh, in 06. And then I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then he starts talking about the resurgence of the saints and all the way up to 2009. And and all of a sudden his voice starts cracking. And then we got, we got to the championship game and we're playing Brett, you know, playing Brett Favre with the, with the Vikings. And I'm like, yeah, And it was touch and go, and, and all of a sudden, I don't know, my breath through, and then and we won. And then he's like, we won. Voice is cracking. And I said, and then what? And then we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. And now it's like the room is spellbound. Like, oh my God, this kid is, is going on. And then he goes on the Super Bowl, and he's like, we're playing Peyton playing Peyton and Peyton's from New Orleans Peyton's from New Orleans and I'm like okay and then he starts going on about the game and he says oh we got the onside kick and then was like and then he's like and then Peyton threw a pick and uh, Tracy Porter and and we won and I said how'd that make you feel unbelievable best feeling in my life and what'd you do I went on the streets of New Orleans and we, we just, it was the best moment ever. 
and then he just goes on. He sort of finishes up in the parades and everything. And, and then you could see he's just spent. He's flushed. He's, he's, he's spent. And the crowd, the, the class, let the moment sit. And then we just clapped. We, we just clapped. <laughs> and I, and, and I said facetiously at the time, I said, okay, you have an A, you just got an A. You don't have to come to class anymore. But let me tell you something about Alex. He's got it. I mean, that, that kid, when he showed that passion for the saints and he wore that Drew Brees Jersey, every class, I'm like, yes, yes, this kid is different. This is what I'm talking about. This is different. And let me tell you something about Alex. He took the class fall semester. He got an A. He took the class spring semester. He took the class the next fall semester. He took the class the next spring semester. All audited beyond the first semester he took it. Just to take it. Just to take it. I would go to bat for that kid. It showed me something. Another kid in class. I get a lot of these, you know, would you talk to this kid about, you know, someone's nephew, someone's friend, someone's kid. We, you know, I, as I said, the opening of this, I get a lot of those and I just have to tell them I just don't have the bandwidth for that. But when it's a friend, when it's a colleague, of course I'll help out. But this one was just down the road at a high school down the road. He's a high school kid. And I said, okay, here, you know, I don't have time to talk, but he can come to class and see me and see me in action, and then we'll talk. So this kid, his name's Ben, and Ben comes to class, that one of the first classes last semester, high school kid. And I meet him, we have a nice chat, and Ben says, you know, I really, really appreciate you letting me come. Anyway, we get to the next semester, I mean the next class, sorry, the next week, three-hour class every week, and I look over, and there's Ben. He came to the next class. Next week, look over. There he is. Next week, look over. There he is. Now, even some of the kids are starting to talk to him. He came every class. He even came to the review session. Obviously, he wasn't going to take the exam. And again, and by the way, he was an extra credit on the uh, exam. Like, what's What's the high school kid's name that sat in every class? And a lot of kids didn't even get it. Anyway, that made a difference. I will go to bat for that kid. And that kid will do well. He, I never told him to come to every class. I was barely kind of tolerating him coming to class, which I look back on and said, wow, I should, you know, that is a special kid. He'll do well. And I'll bat for him. So all of these are examples of making yourself different, making yourself special. What's your special sauce? What's new about you? What's different about you? Find it. And write about it. And blog about it. And show a potential employer you have thought about it. You have a passion towards it. You can talk eloquently, articulately, and knowledgeably about it. And... You have a spark.
when you talk about it. You're not just going through the motions. You're not just putting on a suit or your best dress or your best shirt and talking about something to try to get a job. No, it's part of you. And listen, I know sports, it's ultra competitive. Never say this. Well, I love sports. Eh, you're not getting anywhere with that. I really work hard. I'd work for free. Eh, doesn't happen. We assume you work hard. We assume you love sports. We assume you work for free. But just find yourself. And again, I talk about this with my background because, listen, I never thought as a kid growing up in Washington, D.C., with no, no connections whatsoever to the sports world, my dad was in real estate, um, you know, I never thought I'd certainly work for an NFL team, live in Barcelona, Spain, running a team, live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, running a team, working for ESPN. But I think what, you know, I always come back to a quote from our Stanford director of admissions, Fred Hargadon, that said one day, um, allow for serendipity in your life. It struck me, and I tell it to everyone. Because life is not linear. It's going to meander, especially life from a professional point of view. Personal, too. Personal, too. Don't stick to a rigid plan. Now, I know some people out there are planners, and I know people ask you about five-year plans, and I know if you're home for the holidays and you're a young person, people are asking these questions that are awkward, but allow for serendipity. You know, I never, again, I never thought any of these things, but I never had a plan, and I know everyone says if you fail to plan, you've planned fair, whatever. <laughs> if you fail to plan, your plan will fail. But listen, uh, things will happen. Go with it. Go with it. Go with it. It's okay. Especially for young people. You know, now I'm aligned at some level with Gary Vee. People know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, and he's always giving these talks. And it, you know, it's for young people all know and like Gary Vee because he's just telling them things they need to know. Like, don't blame your high school friends. Don't blame this. Don't blame that. Just do your thing. And what he said, which really should resonate, is that when you're young, getting out of college or getting out of law school, or, or that's the time. That's the time to take the chance. That's not the time to just roll into some corporate job. That's the time because you don't get the opportunities to do it later. Now, I'm fortunate. I live a life now that I can do basically what I want to do, but that took a lot of years sort of in the in the trenches being an agent and in the trenches working for a team, which I don't miss one minute. And I went to Eagles Seahawks yesterday and I, I, I got to watch it as a fan. It was so enjoyable because I wasn't watching it in some box in some suit trying to worry about who's going to get hurt and how we're going to look and in the next week and oh I don't miss that for a minute and those game days as a team employee you get there three hours before you leave three hours after the game you have nothing going on you're just sitting around anyway I digress 
This pod has been about young people, about people trying to transition into sports. The business of sports is an exciting one. It's an incredible opportunity to, as I said, to marry your avocation with your vocation if you can. But please be cognizant of everything I'm talking about. Allow yourself serendipity. Don't get locked into plans. Don't get linear. Get get open. Get flexible. Get adaptable. As Billy Bean's comment in Moneyball, adapt or die. You know, we've got to adapt. It's a new world. There are jobs being created every day that didn't exist years ago. And there are jobs out there every day that won't exist five years from now. So you have to be amenable to that. You can't get stuck in this whole, well, I'm too old for that. And that's me too. You know, sometimes I get stuck in the, I don't need to, uh, you know, get into Venmo or I don't need to be on Instagram, which I'm not because I just don't see value. You know, I'm into information and giving out my nuggets, which I do on Twitter. Maybe Instagram one day when my kids are out of the house so they won't blast me for being on it. Anyway, I get it. I get older people saying, yeah, I'm past that. But don't, 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 don't be past it. Don't let it like life lead, you know, let go by and, and never feel like it's over. I mean, you, you know, my motto is kind of never peak because yeah, I probably don't run as fast as I did a few years ago. And I, you know, but that's okay. I'm still, I, I think I'm in better shape because fitness is so important to me. But I just think, you know, people, especially I'm a guy in my fifties, a lot of guys in their fifties, they kind of, they kind of give up, you know, they give up professionally and they give up physically. And I'm like, why, you know, why, you know, we're sort of, it's don't give up. I mean, don't let it happen. And I'm talking a lot to young people and the young people have that vibrance and that, that opportunity and that wide eyed view of what's next. But it's hard, but don't lose it. You know, whatever I can do in my mind to sort of keep it alive. And ultimately, the last thing I'll say, the best indicators of future success, to me, always come down to discipline. You know, can you have a disciplined mind? Can you have a disciplined body? Can you have a disciplined attitude? Where you just, you just, you just don't let yourself go down rabbit holes of sucking up time on social media or sucking up time on TV shows or sucking up time on, you know, not working out and, and bad food and not taking care of yourself mentally and physically. Listen, I don't want to be one of those guys. I get it. I don't want to be one of those guys, but can you be disciplined? That to me is the biggest indicator of success success as a person and professionally because discipline really leads to an organized way of thinking or ways organized way of acting. And I don't, I'm not one of those that gets caught up in you have to do this or you have to journal in the morning, you know, or you have to meditate in the morning. I meditate, but it doesn't have to be morning. It could be later in the day. You know, my day, I'm very guarded about morning where I use morning to, to write, to read, to work out and to stay as much as I can away from the phone uh, and and social media even. And then I do, you know, phone and meetings and classes and interactions in the afternoons. It tends to be what I do. 
but of course it's hard. You know, I don't get caught up in no, no, definitely no meetings in the morning, but you know, you try, you try to sort of keep your mornings guarded and do more of the interaction stuff in the afternoon. That's just the way I am. But again, I'm fortunate to be able to do a lot of that. I think I'll wrap it up on this holiday week. And, and I just, again, these are musings in the Thanksgiving week for me and really sort of trying to tell people, hopefully valuable insights towards working in the fascinating world of sports. Again, be different, show something different. No one's going to care if you know a lot about sports, if you love sports, if you work hard, what's your special sauce? What's your difference maker? What's your passion? And can you communicate it? All the best for joyous, happy, healthy, and serendipitous holiday season. Now, find a word from our sponsor, of course, Bet Online every week. Thanksgiving week is huge in college football and pro football. Visit our good friends, our exclusive partner, as you know, at Podcast One. That's BetOnline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Get that free account. Promo code Podcast One for your fifty percent sign-up bonus today. We got it all this week. You know, on Thanksgiving Day alone, you've got Buffalo and Dallas. Great game in the NFL. Of course, San Francisco-Baltimore, that is an incredible matchup. You want to look at that. New England-Houston, Minnesota-Seattle, and of course, in college, you've got Ohio State-Michigan, Alabama-Auburn, Wisconsin-Minnesota. All of it happening. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% sign-up bonus BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Hope you enjoyed this unique edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Some holiday musings by Andrew Brandt. And that'll do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Thanks to the underscored music of one Sam Brandt. Love him so. Producer extraordinaire. Appreciate Brian Neal. And appreciate all of you and any rankings or comments you can give on Apple Podcasts or just contact me on Twitter, or the many ways people do contact me through my various emails. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.